In today's highly competitive mortgage industry, building profitable relationships with real estate agents is essential for success. However, finding effective ways to secure agent relationships can be a challenge. With so many mortgage loan originators vying for the attention of real estate agents, it can be difficult to stand out and establish meaningful connections. Our new case study featuring loan officer Chris Coghill is a must read. Chris has closed a remarkable 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals. And in this case study, he shares his proven strategies for building strong relationships with real estate agents and leveraging those relationships to drive more business. To get your hands on this resource, head over to locastudy.com and download your free copy of the case study today. You'll find actionable insights and practical tips that Chris used to close 36 million in funded loans from agent referrals and how you can too. Don't miss out. Go check it out right now. Visit locastudy.com and download your free copy today. Welcome to Mortgage Marketing Radio, brought to you by the Mortgage Marketing Institute, your number one source for truth in mortgage marketing. Hey listeners, welcome to episode 50 of Mortgage Marketing Radio. I am so thrilled you're here. Episode 50, can you believe it? 50 episodes. If you've been with me for any time now, I appreciate you and I thank you for tuning in. And this is among the best episodes that we featured. And of course, they're all good, but I'm biased, right? So I'd like to know what you think. Hey, if you like the episodes, make sure you leave us a positive rating on iTunes. That's how we reach more people and do more good in the world. If you've got a question for me, right, you can go to the blog and contact me there, mortgagemarketinginstitute.com, or you can simply send me an email, info at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. So episode 50, wanted to make it a great one, and I uh, promise you it is. If you've ever wanted to see here um, you know, a blueprint for being a modern mortgage professional and succeeding in today's world, um, obviously some of our other guests definitely have a hand in providing that roadmap for you. And our special guest, Rick Elmendorf today with Caliber Home Loans is on equal par with any other of the mega superstar guests we've brought on. So who is Rick? What is he all about? Obviously I'll let him share that with you, but the quick bio on Rick, number one VA and military lending specialist in Metro DC. Top 1% of mortgage originators in America, ranked number 29 on the Scotsman's Guide, 2016 numbers. What did it look like? Are you ready for this? 560 loans, $211 million. And one of the great things I love about Rick is not only is he incredibly intelligent and professional, he's also a go-giver. He shares, he gives, he believes in giving back and teaching others, right, um, so that they too can learn. As a matter of fact, I know he's a big Star Wars fan, so I got to give a shout out to um, one of his favorite quotes, which is, always pass on what you have learned. Mm-hmm. Who does that? That's Yoda's quote. That's my impression of Yoda, so I hope you like it. But anyway, today on the, this week's episode with Rick, we unpack a lot of stuff, right? What it means to be a VA specialist. If you've ever thought about that niche, um, how to become one, what do you need to prepare for, um, what to do and what not to do, um, does it matter that you're picking a niche or not, um, what are some of the affiliations you can associate with, uh, what types of communication do you need to have set up, what structure and process in place if you're working with the military, because there are certain expectations around that when you're working with VA, right? How to get educated and be um, intelligent and separate yourself as literally an expert in that business. We also unpack a lot from Rick's brand new book just released on Amazon. There's a link in the show notes for you to go get the book. It's only $3 in the Kindle store, and it is literally a, a seminar in how to succeed as a loan officer. Here's the title of the book, The Loan Officer Revolution, Leading the Charge for Creating Realtor Partnerships That Actually Work. And I've bought this book, and it is a page turner. It's written well. It's it's compelling. It's The thing I like about it most is it's not fluff. It's got real-world tangible strategies, tactics, systems, things you can borrow. Rick just shares. He opens up the, you know, the box of tools and tricks and you know things that have been proven for to work for him as a mega producer. 
conversations, how to engage with agents, how to set up the relationship so it's right from the beginning. And this podcast episode, gosh, we just really dove in deep here in terms of strategies and tactics, understanding how to be more successful in attracting real estate agents, how to convert um, the right agents, right? Making sure that you've got the proper alignment there. We talk about using the DISC profile. I'll give you a link to it in the show notes for how to hire and build your team. We talk about Salesforce, marketing automation, right? Building a team, um, what's Rick's loan onboarding process? When does he get involved? When does he remove himself from the situation so he can scale and grow his business? I mean, man, this is just get ready to take notes, right? You're going to have to go back and listen to this one a second time. And of course, this is episode 50. So um, if you are at all interested in teaching agent classes, you've heard me talk about that a number of times with some podcast guests, most recently episode number 48, Vince Kingston. If you haven't heard that one, go back and check that one out. But if you want to learn more about done-for-you agent lunch and learn classes, check out getpowerfulpresentations.com because we're just about to close that down this month of July um, for the rest of the summer. So anyway, back to my special guest, Rick Elmendorf. Uh, just an incredible interview, one that I'm very proud to bring to you. And if you like it, let us know, right? If you're new here, subscribe. This is episode number 50. More good stuff to come. If you want to leave a positive comment, do so on iTunes. Leave us a rating. If you want to email me, got a question, comment, email me, info at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com. So without further ado, let's get into this week's show. Hey, Rick, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. It is my pleasure and my honor considering uh, you know all the great things that you're doing out there in terms of a loan officer. You're, you're one of those guys, by the way, I just had to tell you that um, I love there's certain times I get to bring people on where you're a great example, if you will, of what's possible and of, of a professional standard in the industry. So I thank you for holding that lamp high. <laughs> oh, that's, that's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. So for those listeners, um, quick summary, um, you know, what's the, the brief bio on Rick? How long have you been in the biz and maybe some quick production stats, if you will, units, whatever you want to give. Sure. Um, well, I've been in the business. I'm going to be dating myself now. I mean, goodness gracious, 1994, um, going back quite a few years now. Um, got into the business uh, listening to a, I was listening to the radio. I was listening to, I was a real estate appraiser before coming an appraiser. Well, technically, I was a full-time golfer. Um, <laughs> that's how I got into college. And then after college, all my buddies were uh, all people that I knew, my brother and all of his buddies were real estate appraisers. So I started doing real estate appraising, did that uh, for a few years and carrying around a briefcase of a bunch of, uh, you know, loans to, to take pictures for and do appraisals for. I'm like, who the heck is this guy doing all? And he's making a ton more money than I was. And I guess in the beginning for all of us, it's like, oh, it's going to be a great money being a loan officer. But for yeah, me, easy also, money, like, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Easy money. Hey, maybe in the fast and easy days, cha-ching, yeah. how much money do you make? <laughs> ah, don't worry about that. Right. Uh, you, you make $10,000, you manager. <laughs> oh, goodness. Nobody did that. But um, yeah, so I got in. Um, took an interview for a, a mortgage company, a mortgage broker up in Catonsville, Maryland. And I drove for 18 months from Clifton, Virginia, living with my parents, driving up um, to Catonsville, Maryland for 18 months in a row, and then kind of worked my way closer in. And 25 years later, uh, here I am. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the background there. Um, funny enough, early in my career, I was uh, just probably like everybody else. And, you know, I was, you know, I was kind of just learning, learning by fire and how you learn this business, right? Just uh, get caught on fire and make a lot of mistakes and just learn from them. But, you know, I became a real study of the industry and read mm -hmm. a lot. And back then we were doing these coffee loans. You remember this? As a, yeah, man. Cost of funds index. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, cost of your house index. Too, sometimes. Uh, <clears throat> Loss of house index. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Especially the guys that threw the three year hard prepays uh, on there with don't the even 4 go there, margin. Man. Yeah, I'm not even going there. So anyway, I praise the Lord for you know my team. I have mm. a really great team. Um, I've got uh, there's there's nine of us here, including myself. And uh, last year, my team was able to accomplish some pretty outstanding things. We did just over two hundred and eleven million. Uh, in volume, over 560 loans. So wow. we had a really, really nice year. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And the story is awesome. Yeah. Very relevant. It's, it's, <laughs> it's always interesting to hear how somebody became an LO. Um, yeah. And many times, you know, it's funny. It's that same situation where it's like, hey, man, how could they look like they're making a lot of money. Uh, I should give that a whack, you know? Right. Uh, and that was a similar journey for me. But um, you mentioned your team, and this has been kind of top of mind for me lately. Um, 560 loans. Wow. 
as soon as somebody hears that, right, many questions come up for people depending on where they're at in their career. One of the questions is, how the heck do you do that? How do you manage that, right? That Because as you know, many people are like, man, I'm having a tough time managing my five or eight deals, you know, in the pipeline. So when you say you've got a team, give me a quick breakdown on who's originating on your team, who's, you know, production ops, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. So I have a, a slew of assistants and each of the assistants have different um, things that they do for me. So um, I have, we'll call them two junior loan officers. Mm-hmm. They basically help me do um, more origination duties. And then I have um, three production assistants who kind of handle the loan once it's a loan. Mm-hmm. And then I have some, some uh, an admin and I have a, a business development person that handles kind of new leads, filters leads, handles like stuff like Zillow or maybe, you know, looking back in the past client database, um, which is a real big piece of, of originating nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, ask me about that because I have a strong opinion on purchase and refinance business, even in this market. Um, but yeah, having somebody that's really focused on that. So that's how we're structured. So the G- junior LOs, I got three, three backend assistants and an admin and a lead guy. Okay. So map out for me kind of your loan process, if you will. Um, cause I, 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 you know, on my calls, I work with LOs and oftentimes we're trying to structure the ideal loan process and the classic kind of metaphor example in the past has been, you know, the doctor patient thing, right? You come into yeah. the office, you meet with the nurse, et cetera. And, you know, so, so what's, what does your process look like? I'll give you a perfect example. It just happened this morning, you know, I, I had a past client gave me a call and said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on year three and a half of my arm. We have a good arm rate, but I really want to lock this in for another seven years. We're going to be here longer than expected. Mm. So I do the initial call, initial contact. The initial contact is anywhere from six to eight minutes. And sometimes it's longer depending on if it's, you know, the, the situation has a little hair on it, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll I'll set it up in the database. I'll create a, uh, an opportunity record in Salesforce, which we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I kind of have a general direction, um, I will then assign it to one of my junior LOs or depending on that, it might go directly to an assistant that would do, does a worksheet. Um, now, in this particular case, I was just kind of typing it up as we went along, but either myself or one of my assistants will pop the worksheet out to the client. And then I tasked my assistant, my junior, to actually call him on the phone. And she called him not uh, 30 minutes later, got the got the green light, and um, that's what she did. So then once the green light is given, the borrower says yes. She sends a actually getting things rolling email. That's kind of my way of when the, the process starts for the back end and mm-hmm. when the process stops for me is that getting things rolling email. And that getting things rolling email is like, hey, thanks. We're getting things rolling. Here's what we're doing, by the way. Here's the attached estimate. So it's clear as day what they're doing, what they've agreed upon. Um, and then at that point, uh, then my back end guys, one of, one of my assistants will take it depending on the account that it's, that it's attached to. Mm-hmm or whoever's assigned it based on their capacity, we'll take it, do a welcome call, structure the loan, get whatever we need or don't need. And these digital mortgage days, and maybe we don't need a whole lot, hopefully. (laughs) But, uh, you know, gather what we need, get it in for processing. It goes into processing underwriting. And then once it comes back out of underwriting, I'll have that person either clear all the conditions or have one of my other backend people clear all the conditions. And then they do all the stuff. Uh, We have a big part of my system was like, I identified years ago, what are the things that can blow up a loan, right? You know, you know, so I kind of made systematic things like once the loan is in process, what are the basically four things I have to do on every loan that, you know, as long as you get to these milestones, we're okay. Mm -hmm. But if you choke and you miss one of these things, the loan could blow up. First one's easy. It's the loan approval. So we check the loan approval. We check the appraisal. We do a 10 day prior to closing review. And then we do a what's called a final CD review with a client where these are phone calls. And there are also ways that on purchases, we can like call the real estate agent, especially at loan approval. It's a happy call, right? Mm-hmm. The appraisal's in, happy call, 10 day, hey, happy call. I'm calling you. <laughs> We're 10 days out. And then the final CD, everything's been signed. Everything's good to go. You guys will see it closing in three days, you know, that or five days, whenever yeah. we do that final review. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of our system. That's great. Yeah. Hey, who locks the, are you quoting the rate and who locks the loan? Yep. Yep. The loan officer, every one of my team is licensed loan officers. So, um, and, and sometimes I may direct and the client and I may agree, Hey, let's, let's hold off. You know, it's Friday. It's mm-hmm. Friday. Nobody locks on a Friday. You know, we're, right. we're, we're up 20 and we didn't get a repriced. So we're going to wait and see how this thing goes out. You know, it comes up on uh, Monday. We, you know, look at all the different services out there that kind of advise us to lock or not lock. You know, MBS Highway is a really good one. Um, Barry Habita, we use that. Mm-hmm. 
and you know, uh, and that's how we kind of manage it. Typically, I or one of the junior LOs are locking it. Okay. And then do you punch back into that process at any time or are there specific things that your team knows that this is when and only when to bring Rick in, for instance, appraisal comes short or something? So I actually, my very first hire in this business, and I wrote, a, wrote about this, I, I just finished a book, by the way, and it's, um, I actually have a part of, of the book on that is like my almost big mistake. And I talk about, you know, when Rick is going to get back involved, but it's like the first person I hired in this business, which I actually couldn't even afford, by the way, mm. but I hired him anyway and I paid for him, was this guy named Troy. Uh, no, it wasn't Troy. This is my, my new hire, Troy. It was Doug mm. back in the day. Doug was basically to handle everything once a loan became a loan. You handle all my issues, you handle all my problems. If I have to get involved, then involve me. But you know that my time is best used doing my highest and best use, mm-hmm. which is going to get more loans, right? So we kind of have that built in. And part of my book also, I wrote, I years ago, I was encouraged by a coach um, to write what's called a descriptive account. Mm-hmm. And I actually include that in the book too for somebody to, you can, anybody who wants to plagiarize off of me is fine. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but it's literally, it's like, I don't even know how long it is. It's like probably eight to 10 written pages. It's literally taking the buyer through my entire process from like how I want them referred to me, who refers it, um, how the process is. And injecting Rick in the process, by the way, is actually kind of interesting. It doesn't have to be me doing it or me calling. It just has to be a team thing. For example, my team may say, hey, Rick's in the office. You need to speak to him. Mm-hmm. They'll always say no, unless they really say yes, right? (laughs) Because if somebody calls me, I only want it to be for one of two reasons. Rick, thank you. Or Rick, I have a referral for you. Those are the calls that I really want to answer. Other than that, it's probably a problem call, and I really would not want to get those phone calls. <laughs> and and what is the what is the language? And by the way, uh, your book, let's the, and we're going to come back to that a little later in the yeah. conversation, but for those who want to know right now, it'll be in the show notes as well, a link to it on Amazon, The Loan Officer Revolution, Leading the Charge for Creating Realtor Partnerships that Actually Work. That's going to be a lot of what yeah. we talk about for sure, and I love that that yeah. um that descriptive uh account is in there. I'm definitely yeah. going to borrow that creatively. Um, <laughs> no what's, what's a lot of people I talk to, you know, are like, well, how do I set the, how do I uh, disengage myself elegantly from that transaction without making them feel like I'm kicking them to, you know, the curb and they're not getting Rick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Part of that, I will tell you this. Most borrowers don't mind. Mm-hmm. And I will say the majority they of They understand don't the mind. team concept, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's it's our hard-headedness as loan officers that don't want to give up. We think we're so special. <laughs> we we think we need to to micromanage everything in the process. And I'll tell you this, and there has been no bigger control freak than me. Before mm. I hired Doug and I was able to learn to let go, people tell me now, it's like my wife always uh, jokes at me. He's like, hey, you don't do anything, Rick. All you do is sit at home and play video games, <laughs> which, I love, which I love to do, side note. Oh, but, really? Well, okay. What's your go-to game? Come on. Uh, well... For business purposes too, by the way, and I'll get into that too if you really want me to. But League of Legends, and I also play play that competitively, and then the Call of Duty franchise as well. Locod, huh? Yeah, Locod. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I actually, spo- I actually sponsored Cod Champs two years ago, um, and was up in uh, LA for uh, it. Met a lot of really interesting no people. Way. So there's a there's a lot of money in esports. People would not. It's not just 13 year olds sitting behind a a console playing video games. The demographic is quite quite astounding oh they're intelligent i know uh maybe and yeah. let's i'm making a note here on my sheet so hopefully <laughs> hopefully we'll have time to come back to this because yeah I've, I've got a teenage kid and maybe you can give me some perspective on that <laughs> sure. anyway but, um yeah go back to that yeah but disengaging elegantly i think it's just a decision the the uh um you know the the loan officer can make you know when i say hey hey fred you know i'm going to be putting you into process my team's going to take care of you we're going to be in touch in these four points in the process guaranteed and uh, you know are always going to be around and i will always be available for you as well and you and i will be in touch um and when i say you and i will be in touch my team is always keeping me in touch you know hey rick's rick's uh you know rick's in the office you need to speak to him you know do you have any questions is there anything you want me to get rick involved or it's always that type of communication so they're asking that question often on the call then oftentimes yeah. and some sometimes they forget but sure. the, the 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 idea is that the borrower doesn't ever feel like rick just left them right. that's not the case and here's the most important thing what's the last thing that people remember they remember the last person they spoke to in the transaction, right? Mm-hmm. So I instituted a system quite a while back, whereas I have a report that's run every Friday. And on Friday, I get 
a, a list of every single party to the transaction of every loan that closed the week before. So this Friday, I will get a list of everybody that closed last Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will then reach out personally first by email, and then I will then choose to call maybe the parties that I want to personally reach out to, like, like picking up the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, but the email always gets a response. I mean, I will tell you like half of the people respond, Hey, your, your people was great. I can email you guys if you want to see a copy of the email that I send out. But basically it's, Hey, it's Rick. I just wanted to see how checking in to see, I don't actually, I don't like that word checking in. I don't say checking in, but I hate checking in. I hate checking in. I hate following up. Nobody likes to be followed. Um, but I say something along those lines. Um, I can get you the exact verbiage if you want. Um, but basically says that, uh, I'm really cur curious as to, to your standpoint, how did we do? I really want to know if they help improve and all that kind of good, good stuff. And that goes out so generic, but it goes to the borrower and it goes to the buyer and the listing agent, all parties that were part of that referral process. Is that an, an individual email you're sitting down and, you know, cutting and pasting and sending, or is that automated from a software? Well, it's automated to the to the point where I actually manually send it every, but I send it to a list. It goes to all those people. I do it out of Salesforce, so it okay. is automated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once it okay. Um, and do you, in terms of uh, leveraging online reviews, capturing testimonials, what do you do there? I'm just trying to follow this funnel the whole way out. Sure. Yeah, the, the online reviews are actually kind of cool, and we're making some really positive changes to that too. Um, yes, I am a fan. Okay, I'll say I'm a fan of Zillow. I am um, <laughs> not so hyped up on their search. But whatever, there is what it is. I love Zillow reviews because when people pop in, it's going to come up. So I've been really kind of focused on trying to get Zillow reviews because I think it's the most, um, the closest to my industry where people are searching than any other review, even like Google reviews and stuff like that. I think people that are searching for loan officers or for real estate, if they see me highly rated on Zillow, mm -hmm. that's going to be really, really good. So we've been really pushing to get. You know, the clients that we work with, and that doesn't happen on every every one, but we're trying to get it. We have, I think, we have well over 100 reviews on Zillow right now. Mm. So we're trying to, really trying to get those, those up. I'm actually just trying to log on to see how many I have. I have 113 currently. Wow. We're trying to get, we want to get everybody that does a loan with us to do a review. And Yeah, so how do you get them to do the review? Well, just probably every company does their own review, like they send it after closing. Mm -hmm. We kind of use that as a judge of, Hey, that guy gave us a really good review because it's the simple one. Like, you know, they just click, 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 send right back to the company. Right. Well, we get those. And, oh, that guy gave us a really nice review. Or if I had a conversation with the guy, hey, you did a great job, Rick. Or maybe they responded to my email that I do after the closing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my cue along with my, my, the file managers that actually did the back end piece, you know, after the getting things rolling, that person handled it. It's their job to then contact the client. Hey, we really enjoyed working with you. I see you had a, you gave us a great review or you responded to Rick or we really enjoyed working with you. Would you do us a favor and give us a review on Zillow? Mm -hmm. And we get them. And then you send them a link to the page. That's right. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, awesome. All right. Very good stuff. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, and we tie comp to it too. You tie we're comp now, to it. Ooh, we're now tying comp to it. So we're now, I was just meeting with my wife earlier. I was like, you know what we're going to do is we're going to now make these, these payouts quarterly and say, all right, we're looking for the Zillow reviews and we're going we're gonna to say, all right, if you had this many reviews, you get this amount of dollars per five-star review. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. Very motivated to get those then. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, and one last question, I guess, on your team and your process. How do you hire for those roles? Do you use any like, you know, disk assessments or anything, for example? Yeah, we do use disk. Um, we use the, I think the Tony Robbins disk mm -hmm. uh, assessment. I have kind of a weird disk. So it's like I have most of you think of sales people, they have what is a DI or whatever, but yeah. I'm actually not even an I. <laughs> Funny enough, I'm probably a more adaptive I than anything, but I have, I'm a, a DS and, and uh, we do use the disk. And, but I guess why I say what I am is that you typically want people that aren't what you are as mm -hmm. a loan officer to support you depending on what role they are. And if you want people like juniors, you want to make sure that they are, have that profile of a salesperson. So you're not, I have a guy that works for me. He's a super great, highly organized dude, but that dude is not going to be a sales guy. Mm. He's going to be, he is really, really good and smart, but he belongs helping manage the back end of my process. This particular guy that we just hired, uh, his name's Travis. 
Um, actually, son of a past client of mine. So good place to hire people from, yeah. right? By the way, <laughs> smart young kids <laughs> from <laughs> parents that you've done loans for. Perfect. Not bad. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of admin for me, and he also will, is getting into file management right now. Okay. What about um, you? You say you know, like your junior LOs. What do you typically mm-hmm. see for their profiles? Because oftentimes the question I get is, well, you know, I don't want to bring somebody in who's like a high D, and because you're just going to like learn the biz and then leave me. Yeah. You want pretty much. Um, I think an S is really important because um, that's what I am as well. So having that high I, high S mm-hmm. is is really really key. Um, that's the it's the outgoing, you know, easy to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't need the high D. I'm not but also is consistent. That. Yeah, yeah, caring. The high the high D is just a, a can be a very a nightmare. You'll just clash. Yeah, you will clash. I think to support on the junior LO, it's going to be more of a high I, high S. Right. Well, I'm going to put a link to the Tony Robbins disc profile in the show notes for anybody listening. It's free. You can take it. We use it a lot um, in coaching and stuff and making sure we got the right people on the bus. So, yep, yep. Cool stuff. All right. So let's transition then to, you know, your focus for business, um, you know, how you get business. Now, I know um, you are clearly, you know, a VA specialist. And by the way, another link we'll put is your website, rickelmendorf.com. Um, yes. but that'll be, that'll be in there. And it's a, it's a very well done website, by the way, very professional, but you, um, what percentage of your business is VA? Um, it's almost 50%. I was uh, just doing the numbers, um, last week and, um, we closed, uh, just shy of $90 million in, in, uh, VA business last year hmm. of the 211. So uh, a couple of thoughts uh, you know, on that one, you know, whenever I see somebody who's a VA, you know, one, first thing is, is I'm curious, right? Why, right? Is there some affinity <laughs> to veterans? Yeah. Um, number one, let's just start with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have my, my father was, is retired air force. Um, and you know, I, you you'd think, well, is there an affinity there? Yeah, of course. My dad, sure. I, I didn't really love the military just because my dad was in the military. My dad had a good career in the military. He, my dad was crazy. Uh, still is crazy. He's ninety. He'll be turning ninety this uh, this next August twenty seventh. So, which I'm uh, wow. going down to, to see him. But uh, I mean, the guy literally just—he is like driven, dude. And uh, he flew uh, an F ninety four, that a straight wing flight uh, fighter that wasn't supposed to go through the speed of sound. Well, he made it go through the speed of sound straight down full throttle. So that's Jeez. the type of guy my dad is. All right, um, <laughs> retired. Yeah, I know, right. Retired in 1970. I was born in Bangkok, Thailand. So I kind of it's a sense of the military. My brothers more who are older than me, 10 years older. Um, you know, they traveled around with him in different locations. You know, I was he was stationed here at the Pentagon, then got out quickly, and then just we stayed here in Northern Virginia my whole life. Um, but he got me involved in a uh, financial planning organization that he worked for that was a uh, primary to the U.S. military, and I made some really good connections there, and just honestly just fell in love with that type of clientele, you know, mm. highly organized, you know, not that I was, I really, as early in my career, I wasn't really in tune to like, oh, that guy's a shopper or that guy's not a shopper or this agent or this type of clientele is going to be shopping. You know, I never thought of it that way. It's just like, I just really loved working with military folks. I mean, I learned their lingo. I learned why they do, why they're moving in and out of the area. I learned why they come into DC, you know, what their career goals are, what kind of happens to them after the military, what are their options? And then some of the challenges that face them and their families and and uh, how, how important it is for them to make sure they have a good connection in the financial space to help them. So in part of that, I got licensed in a lot of different states as well to really help a lot of the military people that move mm-hmm. you know, to different states and whatnot. You and I have talked about this uh, before the recording, but, you know, loan officers are often looking for that specialty or that niche, 203K, you know, FHA, whatever. Obviously, VA is one of those. Um, If somebody's evaluating becoming a, quote, VA specialist, uh, what advice would you give them, you know, that you've learned? um, What's important to know about that niche before diving in? Well, there is never a niche before that if you screw up a vet, a vet or an act of duty, you are hosed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, but if you do a really good job, you're set. And that's the network amongst military is so tight. Um, you can get a bad name quicker than you wouldn't believe, um, right. in the military. Um, but you can also get a really good name. So that's what I would say. The first thing to just be wary of 
I mean, you really have to have your ducks in a row and be professional and yes, sir. No, sir. I mean, they're, they're used to a different, honestly, they're, they're trained that way and they're just used to a different demeanor. It's not, Hey buddy. Hey pal. I had to correct one of my assistants prior back. She called him, she called this guy, Chuck, Chucky. I'm like, I mean, what are you doing? This guy's a, like a, he's a Lieutenant Colonel in the air force. You're calling him Chucky. Chucky. I mean, do you have any idea this guy's served whatever. So um, I think the professionals are that. And then also you just really need to know your stuff. There's nothing like, uh, let me think. There's no, there's no room for, for error when you're dealing with the military guys. I mean, there's just, there yeah. is no room for they error. They have a certain high standard of, of, of performance and yes. expect you to be on your game. And yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, know your stuff, study the loan, study the veteran loan. There's a lot of things about it. Study what the VA will actually do versus what your company may or may not allow, because mm. there's things that the company may not allow or overlays, so to speak, that other companies have that aren't really VA guidelines right. that aren't really part of VA and the bad advice that people are getting that, you know, I'm USA just the other day was telling one of my clients, Oh, you got to you got to refinance your VA loan in Florida so you can free up all your eligibility to buy another one up here. <laughs> no, you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. So how did you get educated on VA? I studied, I studied, and I studied. I read, I mean, I literally read the VA handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, a lot of those things, you just have to just, and it comes by experience too, because there's, you can't ever be prepared for every situation. Um, and if you don't know something, it's okay to say, I don't know and figure it out. Um, you know, developing good relationship with an, even an underwriter in your, in your company, um, is how I was able to kind of learn as well along the road. But a lot of it's just study, knowing what works and what doesn't work. How useful is it? Like, you know, you see these other organizations that are affiliated with helping loan officers become right VA certified or, you know, um, all the various, I can't think of them right now, Homes for Heroes and Military Boot boot Camp, Mortgage Boot Camp. Mm-hmm. A- any thoughts or comments around, you know, affiliating yourself with an organization to help, you know, either brand you and educate you and things like that? Okay. So that, that has its positives and negatives, but let's just be realistic. It's all a marketing ploy, right? Uh-huh. Uh, any designation you get, it's, it's mostly for marketing. And, you know, I've now, I will tell you this. Now there's some certifications you can get on the mortgage side, like a, I think it's called military friendly. And then there's a certified um, military lending specialist, I believe it's called. But those come with more rigorous training. Um, it's nice to have the designations and it's nice to have all those things, which I have. But it's more of a marketing thing than anything. Yeah, but that's a great point though, because you know that's a relevant thing to consider because it's like okay, I'm an expert in VA. Unless you bring that to the surface and you know use some branding yeah. around that, right? People aren't going to yeah. know that until you get on the phone. Like I see, um, I clicked on your website. You are you use that term military friendly. You've got an award, right? MF17, yeah. an award for that. Yeah. And then I click over to your your site, which is Red Team Lending. Yeah, VA loans with. So so what's yeah. Red Team Lending all about? Well, we, what we're trying to do with Red Team Lending is basically an arm of the Elmendorf team. So in order to kind of further my, let's say, my niche in the uh, VA lending space, mm-hmm. we wanted to have a place where we could send people that are going to be VA loans and okay. also market it and brand it. So they come there. It's all about VA. It's everything about VA. Yep. Yeah, it's done very well, by the way. And that's what I'm getting to. The point about branding is like, I mean, you know, somebody who's in the military and it's funny, I teach a branding class for realtors and I talk a lot (laughs) about branding. Um, And there is a real estate company that's all veterans, nothing but veterans. It's, I forget what it's called, but you, you know, one of their mission statements is, you know, we are a team of veterans, right? Bonded together and they serve the military family, which to your point earlier, they've got unique needs in the military family, right? Moving around a lot. One spouse is gone more often than the other. And so, and that's a bond, like you said, it's a tight community. So I think yeah. that's very smart for you to just create this total positioning thing around a VA. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, very awesome. Yeah. Okay, so so how would somebody then, if they're thinking about a niche, I asked you this question before, right? I had a loan officer actually ask me, well, you know, I'm thinking about specializing in X. Maybe it's first-time mm-hmm. homebuyers. It doesn't have to be VA. It could be any, quote, niche, right? Um, mm-hmm. Am I going to lose out on other business? What if I just advertise myself as being, you know, I'm a first-time homebuyer special? Does that mean I'm not going to get that other business? What would you say to that? Yeah, I think no, of course not. I mean, yes, we advertise ourselves as VA loans, but you know, you don't just do those VA loans. And it, it it's funny, like one road always leads to another, right? So here's one thing I would look at. 
when you specialize in something, that's kind of a method for people to contact you, right? It's maybe it's a realtor. Uh, if you specialize in first-time home buyers or these uh, down payment assistance programs, mm-hmm. I think that, and even like VA, you could argue is that that would be considered like kind of a specialty product that a realtor who currently has another relationship would not feel bad about you doing that loan. So, well, well, it's a VA loan, therefore I send it to Rick, you know, or if it's it's a VHD loan, I send it to you know, to Chris, um, or, or whatnot. So I don't think ever you would lose out on another business just by virtue of being a specialist. I think just having that specialty mm-hmm. will lead to other business as well. I mean, we've, we've not gone out and said, Hey, don't send me anything. I do VA loans. And I don't think anybody in their right mind as a realtor, a financial planner, or anything would say, Oh, well, Rick only does VA loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody would think that. It's really our perception. It's like you said earlier mm-hmm. about us wanting to control the client, you know, kind of yeah. process and being willing to let that go. It's our perception that if I become a specialist, I'm going to lose out on other business. Yeah. Um, but I like your point as well. Just put a tagline, you know, it's like, you know, we have VA military specialist and uh, oh, by the way, I do all other loans as well. Don't forget. Well, I think it's like <laughs> you and I were mentioning earlier, it's like you got to become known for something. Right. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, like the do. old, the old, the old line is who makes more generalists or specialists and, yeah. uh, you know, specialists for sure. But that's, that doesn't mean they don't take on that additional business. It's just that hopefully gets you to rise above the noise in your market. Absolutely. Um, 100%. okay. So your book, let's, let's go back to the book, the loan officer revolution, which is available on Amazon Kindle. There's a link in the show notes for those that are listening, um, leading the charge for creating realtor partnerships that actually work. Are you implying, Rick, that mm-hmm. realtor relationships don't work? <laughs> <laughs> How did you guess? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I spent a little time in the beginning of the book kind of explaining my thoughts on this. And uh, I spoke recently in Vegas with uh, my good friend, Tim mm, Brahim. Yeah, and uh, he, um, uh, I actually offended a couple of realtors who actually came to me Ooh. afterward. And I, and I, and I, and I tweaked, well, <laughs> I tweaked my, my, my verbiage in the book because it was a little bit more harsh, I guess. And I kind of want to ask myself is like, well, what are you upset about the truth or are you upset? But the reality is I think that the, the, the issue that exists right now is, and I, and I hate this whole thing, how the whole market has gone to this, this whole pay to pay mentality. And yeah. it's, it's not just from the loan officer side. And by the way, I'm not ever opposed for. And it's not all about pay to play, by the way. It's it's about it's I don't mind investing money in the business of a real estate agent. Um, I don't mind investing, having paying money to a real estate agent to advertise alongside of them. But the issue really revolves around what is the partnership there? I mean, is the is it really about deepening relationships that to where we can really leverage each other. Um, uh, I don't know if you know who Darren Hardy is, but sure. uh, I saw Darren Darren speak uh, a while back. And and if you're like me, you probably have a bazillion projects. And I had hundreds of things I was thinking about doing. But I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I'm really close. I, I went up and talked to him afterwards and there's nobody there. I'm like, anybody not want to talk to this guy? So I walk up to him and I'm like, Darren, I'm like, I'm mumbling to him. I'm bum- bumbling. I don't even know what I was saying. And I was like, Darren, I, I, I got so many things. I feel like I'm like right on the edge of like doing something great. But how do I get to like focus on what I'm supposed to be doing? And how do I make relationships work and do these things? I've got because I was in the midst of trying to write this book too that I d- did on a, in a sitting actually. And he he told me something very uh, very profound. He said, Rick. He said, you know, uh, the decision to make the do or, or don't do something kind of revolves around these, these things. One, does it align with your core values? Hmm. Two, do you enjoy doing it? Would you enjoy doing it? Would you enjoy going and helping this real estate agent? Would you enjoy investing in money in this? Would you enjoy being a loan officer for these military people? Would you enjoy doing first-time homebuyer classes? Okay, would you enjoy it? And then the last thing is, would it provide leverage to your business? Hmm. And, and I think about that now in every relationship that I get into, I ask myself the question, forget if the real estate agent could add and leverage, have provide leverage for my business, but will I actually provide leverage to theirs? Hmm. And I think that that's where, that's where the the issue and the, the partnership breakdown goes is that we consistently as loan officers have been in the wrong part of the sales funnel. We've been sitting at the bottom, sitting there with our hand out to the real estate agent going, 
You, real estate agent, do all the work, spend all your money, time, and effort to generate contacts to talk to. You go ahead and do all the qualification, figure out who to talk to, who to not, who to put in your car. And then when you put someone in your car and you're ready to write off, or go ahead and give me a call, and I'll be here with my hand out, and I'll go ahead and do your pre-approval letter. And boy, I'll be fast. I'll be good. I'll get to closing on time. I'll get great. That's where we sit right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue. And the, the, the two main problems that exist in the, in the relationship are that, A, the loan officer does not belong at the bottom of the sales funnel, not by virtue of saying we don't deserve to be down there. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in a good partner relationship, our job to be, should be help, helping the client, the real estate agent, our partner, convert leads. The reality, Jeff, is that realtors don't have as much time as we do. Mm-hmm. They, they, for every client, they probably invest. I mean, think about it. They show homes for eight hours a day to one client family sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. We can handle five, 10, 15 times the amount of people that they can. And we need to be looked at also as like, well, why aren't we coming alongside helping with the conversion, helping the masses of people to help convert for that real estate agent and being that third party endorsement? A very wise man said, let another man praise thee and not that own mouth, a stranger and not that own lips, right? Let us be that third-party endorsement. Mm-hmm. Let us be that partner for the real estate agent, but we're not being used like that. So that's how, that's kind of the revolution part of it that I want to talk about. So I love that. That's a great setup, and I totally agree with that. The question becomes, how do you set that up from the beginning? How do you, how do you ensure that the synergy, right, the, the foundation of that relationship is set up properly from the beginning? You literally discuss the problem. And I go through this in the book of how I actually go through not only the choosing of the real estate agent to engaging with them. And when I engage with them and I have an initial meeting, I talk about the problem. And the problem is that sales funnel. It's like you as a real estate agent. And I, and I get them to, to acknowledge how many contacts are you generating per month. Uh-huh. You know, the average is about 25 to 30 per real estate agent. How many of those are you actually keeping and putting in your car and how many closings are you having? And then by the way, how many closings are falling out? They say 12% of all ratified contracts are falling out, right? For the financing or whatever. So where is your breakdown? Where do you see the partnership in what's happening? Do you not see that of the 25 people that you're currently getting per month to talk to, and if, if you're converting two of them, which is the standard, then the, the national average as, as statistics by NAR, what are happening to the other 23? Oh, well, they're going into my drip campaign or they're going into this or they're going into that. But the reality is, is that of those 23, the bigger issue is that 50% of those are actually going to buy something in the next uh, six to 12 months. And 48% of that 50% have a home to sell. But the reality is, is that these guys... They have been. They have qualified. They have made a judgment up front as to whether or not those people are ready or not, because the realtor is not prepared to handle the borrower that is in their education phase of buying. The realtor is not prepared to um, nurture that lead to the point of when they are ready to buy six to twelve months later. Is that what you're saying? They just don't have the capacity, the, the bandwidth. So even like the latest software, CRMs, and all that, they're not. And most realtors don't have that set up properly, anyway. So well, and it also it's just an email, and I will tell you the. I've, I've coached a lot of agents recently and it's scary to see who doesn't even really have, um, and that's not, this isn't a knock. Yeah. I mean, some people are very organized with their spreadsheets or whatever, but they don't have a CRM. They don't have a follow-up database. And even if you do, it's just an email. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that is such a great point. Um, and such a great uh, conversation. It's funny you bring that up because, um, years ago I got this, um, list of 50 questions that every loan officer should be asking real estate agents from my buddy Walter Sanford, who was a top realtor up in LA area selling a home a day every day for almost wow. 15 years straight. And so he, he, he became a coach as well. And I worked with him in doing a lot of stuff. But anyway, he gave me this list of questions and the 50 questions, right? And on and this, it's like, you know the deal. Most LOs don't ever dive deep, right? They're just, yeah. what's up? What, what, what don't you like about your current lender? Great, you know, right. you know that kind of thing. How come I'm not getting any business? <laughs> well, you didn't really interview <laughs> him. <laughs> um, but one of the questions yeah. he had on there I loved, which is relevant to what you said, which is the, the LO asks this question, what's your number one lowest cost source of leads in your business right now? And I love that question because, and you made me think of it because it opens up this whole conversation about understanding their business model. How are they getting business? Where is it coming from? Where's the holes? And to your point, Mm -hmm. how can we help with that? Um, How can we help uh, use the term incubate, right? Those leads. So how, how do you do that? I'm assuming you've got that set up with some of your agent partners where you're going to take 
you know, those 23 that aren't going to buy for six or 12 months, are you working them somehow? Yeah, we are. So we use Salesforce on, as a CRM. By the way, do you use the Django version or just straight up Salesforce? So I actually, I was looked into Django. Django is actually a really good company. I recommend for people that don't have a team to go actually use Django. Even if you have a team, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I was crazy and I that I don't want Django. I'm going to go ahead and do my own, right? And, you know, hindsight being 2020, kind of wish I would have done. Right. Django. I'm too far and too invested in it now. But uh, yeah, I spent probably way too much money and and did my own Salesforce and kind of built it the way I wanted to. I had this thing in my mind like I'm going to make this uh, huge difference in the world, I guess. <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, so I made my own. Um, so we use that to incubate people and to to do. And and I'll tell you, one of the biggest things, that, and that every loan officer, I guarantee you, has this, they probably got a way to give numbers, mortgage numbers to a buyer. Mm-hmm. And I have my own, I've marketed it. It's called my mortgage analyzer. Mm-hmm. And it's a, basically, it's a fancy, uh, duped up spreadsheet that kind of lets the buyer play loan officer. It does a whole bunch of cool things. So it's a, basically, it's a, a souped up Excel spreadsheet. We use that as lead gen. We use that as a way that we can see when we send it to a client or we offer it to somebody that they will actually then we can track, hey, that guy opened it or that guy did this or we're following up. Did you use my, our worksheet? If you get somebody numbers, that is the number one trigger. I would say almost more than a home, finding somebody that you can get comfortable about a mortgage payment and start now looking at things like, oh, I didn't realize that a $2,500 mortgage payment actually equals about $2,100 rent. Uh, and understanding the tax implications and the tax benefits of buying a home versus, you know, renting. Right, right. Things okay. Like so, so make it re- real for them, given given the bottom line numbers on what it really looks like to buy yeah. that house. But back to the question about how you incubate those leads, how you you know create that 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 handoff, handing you the baton. The realtor's like, yeah, I'm all in, Rick. I agree. So, yeah. how can you help me manage my leads? Yep. So there's two ways we do it. We do it with, with Salesforce. So we incubate, we incubate them that way. By like drip campaigns? What do you do? Oh, no, no. This is, this is boots to the ground. I mean, I believe in doing emails and stuff too, but I also believe in people. That old-fashioned CRM called the phone? <laughs> yeah, the old-fashioned CRM called the phone. And we also use a product called uh, Home Buyers Marketing. And it's called NextGen HBM, which is a, uh-huh. it's a, it's a, it's a search for, it's a, basically it's a home search for the loan officer. Yeah. But one difference is that the, that the real estate agents have, and they all obviously the realtors have the MLS, but buyers don't really have the MLS. But I will tell you, 99 out of 100 real estate agents, maybe even more higher percentage than that, are still just emailing listings to their clients. They set them up on a search and they email them listings and people have to click here. And right. I've done it because I've worked with realtors that do that to, for me, right? Sure. They just email it. But where are people spending their time? People are going on their mobile phones right. and they are looking online. They're downloading Zillow or Redfin True. or whomever Truly, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, right? And they're using mobile devices, but the agent isn't offering the mobile device. So the clients are using somebody else's thing right. and they're not even using the emails. That's so, so funny you said that. Man, I'm going through that right now. Yeah. So we've tied in what NextGen does. is It actually traps the buyer, the real estate agent, and the loan officer in one area, this one collaborative environment that helps not only the real estate agent see everything that's going on on the, on the front and back end, like they can literally track like, a lot of the, the metrics that are going on from search and they're even getting into even deeper. Like a lot of these companies are using like the IBM Watson technology that can like kind of sniff social media on the different people that they're working with kind of big brother, scary stuff. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, they typed in real estate. They're more, Oh, they must be looking for a house <laughs> or they shared a house. Like, oh, ooh, they're, they're a higher score now, you know, but it's a way to like kind of see and sniff like, Oh, who's hot and who's not and get, and that's how we incubate them for the agent. That's a, big way we incubate them as well. Yeah, I've seen that platform before. It's really cool. Um, and yeah, it's changed a lot over the years. It's it's much different than it used to be because I've used it for a lot of years. Is that also referred to as the home scouting? It is. Yeah. It's um, home scouting. I will tell you, home scouting was lacking quite a bit. And I'm not afraid to say this. And if anybody <laughs> from HBM hears this, you'll, they'll, they'll first to be admit right. there was a lot of, uh, of lacking in that program, but it's grown so much over the years. Next gen HBM is... The next version of that. It's, it's the real deal. Right. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So that is such an awesome point. All right. Um, so back to the discussion with realtors, I, I want to understand when you first meet a realtor or now you're training your juniors or whoever you know, on that first meeting, what do you want to accomplish on that first meeting? Do you guys have a script you follow? Like, like I mentioned, we've, we've got questions. Um, how do you know if the relationship's right or not? I guess. 
Yeah. So, well, there's there's a couple of things. I mean, I I will tell you that it, before you even have an initial meeting, you, you really need to have like a barometer of what agents that you really want to follow up with. And, and it goes both ways, by the way. I have, a, I have a rule and I put this in my book, chapter three, called the agent barometer. And I, I look at it this way. First and foremost, I want to avoid any exhausting relationships. <laughs> and that goes both ways, right? It's like you just don't click together. Um, you just want to avoid the exhausting relationships. And, and secondly, you want to avoid agents that want to play loan officer. And by the way, loan officers, we really shouldn't be playing real estate agent, right? So um, that's a, that's a big, that's a big, I've had that be a, a challenge in the past for me. Um, you know, seek excellence regardless of experience. I think people shy away and they want to look at the agents that are doing all this volume, but I, I did business with 65 different real estate agents last year and a lot of them are onesie twosies. So I don't care if they're doing a lot of business. I care if they're excellent people, hmm. uh, that they care, that they care about my business. That's the fourth thing. Do you care about my business? Do I care about, I care about yours. Do you care about mine? And then I really, the funny thing, I put this as kind of a caveat. If I ever hear an agent say thank you to me hmm. or to my teammate, that's like a green light, like, wow. Okay. They're, <laughs> that means they're respectful of our, our time. These are like, they're now on my list. And in the initial meeting, um, when we choose, when we're able to choose, my team has a, we kind of a, do a work through, like, how do you find these people using this as a guideline? It's, pr it's pretty simple. Anybody that's done business can do this. Um, there's four things that I look at. Sorry if I'm going no, no, to love it. the Keep answer. Going. Here are the four things we do. First thing you do is you review any recent experience you've had with that agent. Check with the team, processors, whatever. You're looking for agents that you and your team liked, treated us well during the transaction, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly, what I do on the back end after a loan closing is calling all parties to the transaction, including the buyer. Ask how it was. I always tell them, ask, hey, how does it work? How is it to work with Susie? You know, because she wasn't, you know, maybe I picked her up. He was a past client. I'd never worked with her before. How is it to work with her? And you get an idea of that. Making a note as, you know, would I want to work with this person? I also like to kind of stalk them a little bit on social media. That's the third thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing what you'll find from like current loan officer relationships to organizations they care about, you know, based on what you know or maybe find out about that agent, you know, ask yourself then, does this person provide leverage to my business? Mm. And and it goes maybe it just goes beyond just the deals they would send to. And then lastly and most importantly, the most important thing, can you as a loan officer help them? And can I, do I bring anything to the table? Because if you don't bring something to the table, then really there's no reason why you should work with them. But if you feel truly that you can bring something to the table, maybe your, your interests are the same. Oh, this is a military. I, I'm in the military. Gosh, this is great. You're right by the, that sort of thing. Can you help them? Factor hmm. should factor into the decision. What are some ways you would, you would, uh, you know, identify how an LO can help an agent? We talked about incubating leads and that's a great idea, but do you, um, you know, you also look at ways you can help them grow their business, whether it's, you know, teaching engine classes, we've talked about that, or, you know, just bringing them information that might be helpful. Yeah. So I'm of the mind that, you know, everybody's out there with like, here's a product you can use, or this is this you can use. I think the relationship and how you engage with an agent needs to be a lot more strategic than that. You know, I've even gone as far as like, People that I like, I part of my book is actually how to coach a real estate agent, you know, yeah. because we as loan officers, even if you're not like the most top professional business people, you think that, well, maybe I just can't do this. Maybe, okay, Rick, maybe you could coach or Jeff, you could coach somebody, but I don't know if I could. Well, that's, I don't think is the case. It's not about you being proficient at the coach. A, I give a guideline of like how to actually go down. It's about growing together and figuring things out about their business and what would accelerate their business together. And when you do that, your, your, your stock just goes through the roof. It's amazing what I've been able to do with agents that even starting off, not knowing really how to coach someone and then building this system that I have now of how to coach by, by just kind of going through it. And you kind of learn, uh, learn by design. And if you're any bit of a successful loan officer, if you've done any sort of business, You've been successful doing some things, right? So what is that? How can you take what you've made you successful in your business and apply it in the real estate world with that agent and work together? I think that's where the, the dyna dynamic comes in of, and of, a, of a loan officer really being able to help a real estate agent as well. Yeah, it's funny. I often find that um, agents need help with um, 
marketing ideas, how to how to yeah. navigate the digital platforms. So, and, and you know, we as LOs, we need to be uh, educated on those as well. So it's just a matter of you getting up to speed and then sharing that that info, that content. However, you do that could be videos, could yeah. be class, whatever. Yeah, I love the thing about coaching realtors. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and the problem piece of it, that problem script that I that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, the whole incubation thing is is the number one problem that we can really solve mm. for both of our businesses too. Because I think until it's it's painted in that sort of light, they see and and every realtor that's that's good knows that they they leave business on the table, and it's the people they had groovy relationships or great talks with six months ago and good intentions by the wayside, right? But you know, Barry Habib mentioned on a on a call the other day, he's like. Has you as a real estate agent ever called a buyer just to find out that they bought with somebody else? You know, it's happened to everybody, not just on the loan side, but on the real estate side. And that having that extra person, I've said this, it's harder to cheat on two than it is one. And if the agent and and us get together with that buyer, it's man, they'll tell me stuff they won't tell the agent. And they'll tell the agent maybe the stuff, well, maybe they tell us everything. They don't tell them. (laughs) I don't know. But but regardless, they tell us stuff that they don't tell the agent. And it's a beautiful opportunity for us to be that third-party endorsement. That is the number one thing. Do you um, categorize your agents into various buckets of like ABC players in terms of referral volume? Mm-mm, I don't. I don't do that. I see the uh, the reason people do that. I've never done that. My reports in Salesforce are, are very dynamic. So I kind of know how many leads and loans I've gotten from this particular agent, not only company, but also from down to the specific agent ever from the last 120 days. I know of agents that gave me business in the last 20, 120 days that have, now they're on a report that they haven't given me any business in, you know, in the last 120 days, right? Um, so I don't really classify them. I think it, it's more of like, what type of a person are they? Are they, not one, one list I do have are people that I refer business out to. Hmm. I have that. Okay. So I have a whole campaign drill. There are there are a list of agents that I give business to. Okay, and that's not based necessarily on how much business they're giving you, or is it? No, no, no. it's not. Okay. In fact, there's quality there's person. people that yeah, quality quality person, quality person. Uh, no, that's interesting because you know you mentioned you 65 agents you worked with last year over the last 12 months. Uh, you've had a number of onesie twosie deals. You know people tell you to kind of you know double down. Um, you know focus on the producers. Yeah, you know, right. Burned. You got burned. <laughs> I've gotten burned there, man. Two years ago, actually, I had a, a mega agent that was twenty five percent of my entire business. Literally, just wake up one morning with a with a bad hair day and say, "Rick, we're done." Um, so, and it was it because recently. of anything you did? No, really. I, I think actually, maybe I think I wanted to help them with their business, but they they just <laughs> she just didn't want any, anything to do with that. Um, they they wanted that whole loan officer at the bottom of the funnel, you do what I say, or I'm going to beat you with a stick or something, you know, that's that sort of relationship. And unfortunately that, that relationship does exist out there still. Uh, But you know, that's not something I'm really, but you're always recruiting, right? You're always adding more people, agents to your bus. I'm trying to add really good people. Yeah. We're always, we're always adding really good people. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you the question this way before we wrap up. How many, because uh, I'm always asking the LOs this when it's like, okay, so I need more business. I need more purchase business. So mm-hmm. one of the first questions is, well, great. Um, how many agents do you have on your bus? And usually it's woefully short, right? Four, five, seven, mm-hmm. maybe seven. Um, and then the question is, of the agents you've got on your bus, right? Let's take a look at right the, the, the volume of referrals you're getting. Mm-hmm. So where am I getting at with this question? Um, oh yeah, how many, a, how many agents would you say, I'm going to use the term A players, even though you don't categorize them like that, but... Mm-hmm. On a monthly basis, how many agents are you getting deals from, approximately? Uh, probably opportunities. Yeah. Uh, at bats, I would say probably anywhere from fifteen to twenty. Fifteen to a, twenty on a consistent on a consistent basis. basis yeah. Somebody sending you, hey, got something? I want somebody to qualify. Check them out, right? Yeah, and yeah. you figure you probably need a good maybe a hundred hundred agents on the bus to to make that happen. Wow. So for those of you listening, loan <laughs> officers. <laughs> what are you hearing? Right? <laughs> Lots of agents. Lots of agents. How do you manage them? Uh, how do you stay kind of top of mind and all that? So, um, so we do events actually. Um, events are huge. Uh, we do events for clients and we actually just did events for an agent. Um, I'm a big proponent of, of events mm-hmm. and in fact, movie events to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the Best advice I can give for an event is to invite all your realtors into a showing of Star Wars. Oh, 
So hold on. Are you talking about renting out the theater? Oh, yeah. Rent out the theater. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a respite deal? No. Why would it be a respite deal? <laughs> well, well so. you're, you're buying them a movie ticket in hopes of getting a referral. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we do that for clients, actually. But what we did I'm just kidding. Asian, I'm, 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 I don't I'm know. dealing with the, well, we, the, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate for those no, people. No, it's okay. <laughs> we did it. We actually did it for a real estate agent, and we actually split the, the theater 50 50. We did it for her clients. Nice. It was, was great. And I actually invited some of my clients who didn't have real estate agents since I come up with that as well. So I was able to bring some of my clients yep. to me. Meet her. I invited a, a couple of financial planners uh, um, to the, the event to meet nice. to meet her, and it worked out really, really well. She got an appointment from that title from that. She actually got a, a deal from it as well. Um, really, really worked out well. We did like a small, a hundred seat theater. We shoot. We showed. I'm trying to think of the movie we showed. I don't remember what it was now. Which um, which but, Star Wars movie was it? Come on. No, no, no. It wasn't that one. It wasn't uh, a Star Wars movie. The okay. Star Wars movie I've done every year um, has been for my past clients, okay. um, but there are. Now there's comp- there's uh, actually a, a team in in Caliber that that makes their whole world that all they do is uh, real estate agents they invite real estate agents to like you know happy hours or they'll do a um a, a lunch and learn like they'll eat they'll do what's called a business building monthly yep and they will have them all into a room and they'll get anywhere from 40 to 50 uh real estate agents in a room at a given time so I think the whole what you probably even touched on I from what I got was like you know training real estate agents and like getting you know, teaching them and, yeah. and getting, you know, stuff like that. The, the events piece of it is, is huge. And I, I did a thing called um, a crash course mortgage. Um, every agent is always bringing on new people, right? People that are green and they need to be learned kind of the mortgage side of things. How much, how great is it to spend an hour to an hour and a half with somebody that's green, that doesn't have solidified relationships with, and then to show the team lead how great you were to their new agent coming in and teach them all about mortgage. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, crash course mortgage, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it's basically the ABCs of mortgage, uh, teaching them how to, what the loan application looks like, what numbers look like. I show them my spreadsheet, how do people qualify the different loan programs that are out there, what to watch, watch out, watch out for, just so they're kind of in the know. That's awesome. Great ideas. Okay. So for, uh, for the listeners, um, that are looking at getting your book, which as I said, we're going to put it in the show notes, but it is available on Amazon Kindle, the loan officer revolution. What do you hope they, they get out of the book or take away from that? Um, goodness gracious. That's a, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, my heart, when I wrote the book was really just kind of to, to reach out. It was a book directed towards loan officers to how they can help not only it's, yeah, it's about creating real estate partnerships, but there's also a lot in the book about how to like get your business in order. So that was kind of the whole idea. How do I get into the real into the loan officer's mind and really just help them with their business? You know, I'm not looking to and when I bought this, I'm like I told my wife, I don't really care about this. It's not about money or selling books or doing that. I'm we're praise the Lord, I'm doing really fine financially. It's just you'll read the book. This all started about just a, an email that my staff sent and then 20,000 words later, here I have a book about how, why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's what I'm hoping. I, mean, I just want the loan officer to do a better job, change their mind about realtors and work, work more as a partner. And just hopefully our industries can like just come together a little bit better than it is now. And of course, uh, as one of the greatest coaches of all time, Yoda has said, always pass on what you have learned. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's in my book, man. That's where I just took it from. <laughs> that's awesome. So I am downloading this book today, Kindle. It's a no-brainer for three bucks. I mean, if you, you know, Rick, I mean, what you just shared here today is an education in how to be a better, more productive professional loan officer. So on behalf of myself and the listeners, we can't thank you enough, man. My heart goes out as a big you know, bowing. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. I'll also put links to your website in there, right? Red Team Lending, all that other stuff. So people can check out what you're doing and, uh, and get the book, of course. But man, thank you. And I know you and I will stay in touch, but, uh, you know, just want to say thanks again, man. Appreciate it very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. You bet. So for listeners, hope you enjoyed this one today. This was, uh, just wow, you know, an education. And so take what you've learned from here. Check out the show notes. If you like this episode, let us know, give us a like on uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening and make sure you subscribe. So once again, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening and we will see you on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Marketing Radio. Want more truth in mortgage marketing? Get more free training and resources at mortgagemarketinginstitute.com.
Hey guys, what's up? Real quick, uh, you've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before, and I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business, let's just face it, agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you, everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners, plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere to, from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months. And we'll provide that list uploaded into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.